0: Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode is the places of our conversation. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and uh, we just had a a very brief conversation. Greg looks very relaxed today.
1: Yes, first massage in a year and a half and uh, double vaxxed. Uh, It was, it was, it was so awesome. It just, but, and felt so weird. Again, all these firsts again are quite interesting. So,
0: so if Greg goes off to sleep somewhere in the middle of this, I will carry the day.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. That's what we're here for, to support each other.
0: For those of you that might just be dropping in for the first time, uh, Greg and I, we've both been managers for a very long time. Uh, We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark as managers. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and how we've learned from it. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good conversation. And Greg, I think we are going to have one of those today. I think so too. So the situation is... um, the places of our conversations, Uh, Greg and I shared during the Who Are You episode how ideas come up and are developed within this podcast series. And one of the ideas that came up was in particular how we've had some great conversations in the car and how we've had other great conversations in the car with uh, like our kids. This is uh, one of those ideas that we just talked about during the podcast and uh, we just thought it would be an excellent topic to discuss. So let's set this up You have an idea or need to talk to your boss and you experience some or all of the following. Your boss expects you to make an appointment as they are very busy. Even when you get to talk, they're not really listening. You notice that a lot of your colleagues have great ideas, but there doesn't seem to be the place to share those ideas. Perhaps your boss is narrow-minded and they think they know everything. There doesn't seem to be enough time at team meetings to have a good conversation There are too many scheduled items and you are frustrated by the lack of communication opportunities. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, this is really tough. And and
1: again, this is one of these things that has been so amplified during this COVID situation because it used to be easier uh, to find and create space if you were physically connected uh, because you could grab someone in the hallway, we've talked about that, you know, that you are going to visit a client and you're in a car together. Uh, So sometimes these informal connections there, you can often have those when you're in person, but when you're remote, man, it's even tougher and uh, gold happens in those informal connections. And when you don't have space to express yourself, to share some ideas, to, to, to float through uh, issues that you're trying to work for, uh, people feel disconnected. Um, People don't feel uh, that they have an opportunity to impact. And we've talked on a number of occasions that the two things that uh, result in higher levels of retention are being valued and finding places to contribute to. So when you don't prioritize space for that to happen, I don't feel valued. I don't feel that I can impact and contribute. And therefore more than often, I will look somewhere else to, 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 to get that. And this is again, amplified in this situation. So it's hard because you're remote uh, and, and you may not have as many of those opportunities to do it, but if you're not doing it, boy, oh boy, this is a big issue. And you're gonna see big turnover, I believe.
0: I have a a kind of a different take on this uh, than you just because um, I guess my first major employer was uh, the police service and we didn't have a lot of formal meetings. We were on the road, either driving a car or walking around or at some crime scene somewhere. So we had to have unconventional discussions. So you it could be car to car in the middle of the winter, you know behind a store or something it could be uh you're walking uh down the beat and somebody pulls up in, in one of the cars and they roll down the window or maybe they let you in the car with because the air conditioning is working and those types of things we always had to have these types of conversations in different places whenever we could have them and that's how we exchanged information that's how people were trained and brought along that's how you know perhaps people were told listen uh, greg there's a better way of doing this and we're going to have a little discussion about that right now and so I've always benefited from having uh kind of unconventional locations for um conversations and a lot of ad hoc stuff which probably explains why I value it so much now and now that I've spent you know probably the last 15 years in a more formal setting where you have you know the the meetings for an hour or a half hour or whatever it is and that's why sometimes I struggle with those meetings is I'm so used to having very effective Uh, Sometimes brief, but to the point conversations anywhere that you could have them. And so I think this is really, really important. And I can see why people get frustrated within more formal settings because I do as well, because I'm used to being, you know, having much shorter, more effective conversations wherever that is. And it's funny, uh, you know, sometimes people uh, at the more formal settings that I've worked uh, laugh at me because they'll find me in the foyer talking to somebody. And we're actually talking about work and we're not screwing around. Like we're talking about work and, and they just kind of laugh at me, but that's what uh, I really value those types of conversations, whether it's you and I in the car on the way to golf or whatever, I think there's a huge value in this. And uh, anytime that we can make whatever the conversation is more effective, I'm 100% into that.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because I think that all of the ways, many of the ways we, we meet are really unnatural and ineffective. So these CheerPoint meetings, like three hour meetings, like, uh, you know, um, uh, in person where everybody has to be there, they're, they're very ineffectual, uh, and, and really that you wonder why we do it, but I think we build habits and we think this is the way to do things. I've been talking this week to a lot of people about the idea of hour long, sessions and not having any time in between meetings and meetings back to back and the stress that's creating and that type of thing and and challenging as to why do our meetings have to be an hour why do they have to be on the hour why don't you just switch things up and do a different we control that well it's the same thing these gathering sessions that occur right now um, it's those it's those informal ones that actually are the most powerful and how do you create space for those things to happen or being more um um dir- not direct but being more intentional about why you're gathering yeah that that's so much more important
0: greg i hate it when we agree 100 on something I, I really
1: do i i know but i love also the idea of in your early career in the police force you think of it uh, you know on tv you actually see whatever um those roles and jobs that tend to uh, be in vehicles and travel, whether you are a air conditioner repair team or uh, a fire, uh, fire uh, um, uh, department or police or those things, you're right, they're always the best things, at least on TV, are in the conversations while they're waiting for something or they're on the way to something. That's where things bubble up and it's true. That's exactly the same experience that we have personally.
0: I agree. So let's get down to some common sense. What are some things as managers we can do to help the situation? And number one, listen to people.
1: Yeah, you know, this is so hard, at least for me, Um, uh, because there's so much going on and our lives are so busy and often as a manager, um, it's about delivering numbers or results Um, and we get caught up in the, the, we get caught up in the doing, uh, and we miss out in the being present. And that's where you lose the listening because I'm so busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I'm busy. I'm back. You know, yeah, 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 I just don't have time. Uh, and, and we fall into those loops. At least I do. Um, and more and more, I'm trying to be more present and that allows me to actually listen more effectively.
0: Yeah, I find myself in sometimes in those situations thinking about the next meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I got to be there in seven minutes. Oh, I got to be on again. Oh, my goodness. It's, yeah. it's not the day for this.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: 100%. And I think the next one is uh, this is a team sport. We don't do this alone, no matter how good we think we are, or maybe that we are that good. But this is a team sport, and it, it's something we have to do together. However big your team is, maybe it's three people, maybe it's 30 people. It's still a team sport. Yeah, I always, one of my
1: common phrases that I use is everything happens in between. It's actually, no, it doesn't mean you don't do stuff on your own, uh, but, but in order to move things forward, most things happen in between.
0: And if you can't carve out quality time to have quality conversations of some sort, leave. It's going to be so frustrating for you and the people you work with. Uh, I think we've all been in this situation where there's just back-to-back meetings and you can't get anything done. You can't have the conversations you need to have. And and sometimes I just want to like, I just want to give up. Like this, this is not what I signed up for. It it is really frustrating sometimes.
1: Yeah, and so when you mean leave, you mean like just find another job, like kind of go to another space to do it, or do you mean create space for yourself or both?
0: It could be whatever, whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it could be both.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do think that, I, I, I agree. Um, and if you are in an environment that does not allow any space, know that sooner or later you're going to unravel uh, and, and you will unravel. So you either got to create space for yourself or uh, take control, even in your circle of control. You know, there's that great thing I think it's Stephen Covey, but he someone, he probably got it from somebody else, but the circle of control, circle of influence. Sometimes we try to focus on the outer one, which is a uh, um, uh, circle of concern. We're concerned about a lot of things, we don't have control over it. So where do you start? How can you control it? And it might be the meetings that you own You carve out that 10 minute time and do fifty minutes, meaning four or five minutes and have a 15 minute just for connection points. I think there's more that we can control than we think, but there are some organizations that are just so pressure packed that uh, you need to think about that. Cause if you don't have those release zones, you're going to be in trouble.
0: And the next, you know, the next question is just all about all of that stuff. If you can't carve out quality time to have quality conversations of some sort, what is wrong with that situation and what can you do to fix it
1: yeah and start with what's in your control it might be just one meeting um but but and it might be in your personal life that's that's what you do uh, that start there whatever you have control of it start there uh and then look for the things you have influence around that's the next layer and uh see what you can do there um and let go of the stuff you can't control or can't influence because boy, oh boy, that's that's stressful.
0: And if there is a conversation, you need to be open. And we talked about this in depth in two other episodes at least. Uh, episode 44, try the dragon ice cream and episode 41, I believe on being binary. It is so important to be open. You don't have to agree with everybody, but you certainly need to be open and listen to what they have to say and acknowledge what they have to say. And even if you end up shutting them down or just using a portion of the idea, whatever, it is so important to be open and, uh, you know, who knows where it could go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you that I'm spending 60 70 percent of my time these days in coaching around the area of energy and creating pause and understanding how you're responding to things and this being open is all about that it's understanding what are the things that um uh, hit me uh, from an emotional and energy perspective that i react to and being aware of those and curious in those moments are so so important to remain open um, and I'm spending a lot of time around here because there's, there's a lot of stress. And when there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of energy that's flying back and forth uh, and different opinions. And uh,
0: this is when you need to be more open and curious. So uh, we did a whole series on these types of things. Episode 46 is intention. Uh, hang on. The pause was 51 and energy is 52 so there this has been a, a really strong theme in this podcast uh the soft skills mm-hmm. uh, and how you position yourself in a conversation so make sure uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to some of those uh uh episodes uh it's probably worth your while and I'll, I'll put all those episodes in the show notes as well to assist people and jump on informal opportunities i love informal opportunities whether it's in the kitchenette whether it's in the elevator in the foyer. Uh, I had uh, a colleague of mine just harass me and it was all done in fun. And I loved it is, uh, I worked near, uh, my building was attached to this huge mall in downtown Toronto and they had this little information booth and they'd have, um, uh, interns and stuff for the, the uh the people that own the mall the, the information people standing beside this little booth and quite often I wouldn't I didn't realize it but I would stop near this booth and I'd end up having a conversation with some of my colleagues and people from other agencies and stuff that I dealt with and uh the suggestion Greg was that I just take over that information booth is, and use that as my office and I could probably get a lot done and uh the scary thing is is I like that idea, as long as I could get internet, because it all comes down to what your internet connection is, you know, I had a cell phone, I was all for that, because I figured I could get way more work done just here, near the coffee shop, that I would get to talk to everybody I wanted to talk to, in a much, but by by morning coffee, I'd have my work done, I could go home, I thought it was a great idea, even though they were making fun of me and, and trying to use me as a butt of a joke. I thought it was actually a really good serious idea
1: well you know what, what's interesting is that uh the one of my best informal conversations opportunities are walking uh, so it's a little bit it's, it's similar when you're outside and you're just walking and chatting you know that's like the car but uh you know and when we do come back uh, uh together into whatever this new next uh, normal is going to be I think that they, these will still be uh, things that you can do. The other thing that people are, are doing now, even the remote is having walking sessions when you're remote. So you have your phone and your headset on and you're both walking. There is again, something more powerful about that because you're sharing an experience, although you're not together, that allows greater connectivity and deeper dialogue around those things. There's no, You can't really set an agenda. There's no... Uh, There's no next slide to look at. Um, They can be really powerful. So uh, love that uh, unique situation that you described. And also try walking conversations. It combines your physical activity, allows you to get out there uh, and you can still have a conversation with your headsets on.
0: I love that. Uh, Watch to see where team members are having conversations because guess what? They're already doing this you just really haven't jumped on the bandwagon. So this is already happening around you. And if you want to have these types of, uh, you know, conversations in uh, less formal, it's already going on. You're missing out. So be, you know, observe, see where people are hanging out. Don't be stalking people or anything, but you know, if there's opportunities, jump on it and there's, you know, they are happening already.
1: Yeah. There's a great analogy, you know, about uh, um, uh, um, how, where, how to figure out where to build a sidewalk is is just put out a, a, a grass allow the grass to grow and watch where the walkways go and then put the sidewalk there because then you find the natural pathways of going forward it's the same thing with gathering and connections you, you're right there are natural ways in which you connect and communicate and so trying to force a uh, a brand new pathway you spend millions of dollars and whatever that is you're your analogy for your communication and your meetings um just just
0: wait and observe and then uh, come alongside and the last one uh, maybe you need to set up clinic times maybe you need to you know punch a hole in your in your schedule and say hey listen uh i get in at around 8 15 so from uh, eight thirty to about quarter after nine i'm uh, i'm gonna set up in uh, the informal room i'm just making up a name and uh, I'm going to be sitting there and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if we need to have a quick conversation, um, I'm, I'm there. If, you know, a bunch of you want to come in, just, you know, shoot the breeze or whatever it is and and build up uh, kind of a, uh, a routine, a muscle memory that they know, hey, it's Tuesday. Yeah, I need to talk to Greg just for two seconds. I'm going to go in there and then, you know the whole idea being that if somebody else is in there talking, you just come in too, because I love the idea. Like you sit there and, you know, there's permission to eavesdrop in this Mm -hmm. scenario. Right. And it's amazing what can take place. Right. Because chances are, if you have a problem, somebody else either has it or has had it or will have it. And the more people that kind of participate in this type of conversation, I just think it's a good deal.
1: I love that idea. It's good. Very cool. And again, natural.
0: But it's building that muscle memory, right? Mm -hmm. So as employees, there are a couple things we can do to assist as well. Uh, number one, be persistent with your manager. If you need the time, you need to you need to hound them down and and get you know have the conversations you need to have. And and I hate to say this, but sometimes you have to train up.
1: Yeah, you know, equally going back to a, a point that we had in the last one is observe your manager. Find the time, what is best for them, because they're, they're jammed these days. So much going on. But, you know, again, we and we see this in a lot of our conversations, if you know your manager is a morning person and they often get in early, then, you know, that's the best time to check in, um, you know, so find, uh, be, be respectful, um, uh, but really understand who they are and what they need and then find your place.
0: I agree 100%. And in those moments when the informal discussions are taking place pull your manager in if you can so if all of a sudden some big thing is being discussed like in the kitchenette and you go like the boss needs to be here walk over and say uh, you know give them the uh, the signal come with me please and uh you know you do it enough times the boss is going to know uh, because you build this trust, you have a relationship, right? That when they go, hey, listen, you gotta come here for a second, and you know, they're gonna come and and so many problems can get solved. If if the conversation's happening right then, it's gonna be so hard to recreate it the same way three days later when you have like the 30-minute meeting or the 60-minute meeting about the subject.
1: Yeah, and you know what, it also models the behavior for others, so that if if you happen to have a, a more trusting relationship with the boss, the manager, and and they, uh, and then you are able to bring them in. And you're helping them to be successful as well.
0: And in these informal uh, discussions, uh, be inclusive and uh, be deliberate, because everybody benefits from it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, looking around and pausing and saying, um, "Who is who uh, will this conversation impact?" You mentioned the boss of one thing, but who 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 would who can contribute to this? Who will it impact? Who's not here that should be here? Uh, and are, are we able to bring them in? Um, and just having that conversation and pausing versus diving in is a really good thing. Now, you can't always get everybody that you need, but um, even just reaching out and saying, hey, Alistair, we're about to have a conversation around this, and I think it'd be valuable for you uh, to be here if you pick this up, call in, here's the
0: number. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And jump on any informal opportunities. I don't mean just jumping into the conversation, but say, Greg, you started talking about something and I come walking by, you're, you're talking to a couple other people and I listen to the conversation. Okay. And then I go away and then 20 minutes later, I come by your desk. You are talking about how to write a document on that issue. I had the same issue, slightly different set of circumstances. Here's a copy of the document for you. Maybe that'll help you in, in framing what you need to say. And uh, I'll send you a soft copy as well if you want to cut and paste Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it isn't just about the conversation it's about what happens after the conversation as well the team working together you know uh, sharing uh, ideas resources experience and and that's what these informal conversations really really help accelerate
1: I agree I agree
0: and assist in the healthy conversations that take place there can also be unhealthy informal conversations and uh, that's probably another episode now that I'm sitting here thinking about it but certainly uh, we have an opportunity to um, make those healthy conversations better and to have more of them.
1: Yeah, and that's tough, right? You have to be brave and strong in those situations, but situations where um, you know, we're complaining about someone, situations where um, you know, the conversation's clearly gone in a dark direction, it's, it's okay to have tough conversations Uh, But if it's not towards a solution, if it's not towards um, uh, a a reason for it, I mean, you can stand in and say, you know what, hey, here's what I think. I think we should go and involve this person. This sounds like this is a really uh, important issue that people are really concerned about. Um, And I'm not sure we're going to be able to resolve it together. I think in order to do this, we need to have such and such and such and such here. Can I suggest that we... Boom. But that's tough because if you don't want to rock the boat, if you want to feel you're I'm not going to be valued by my coworkers, it gets crunchy. But uh, we all have a role in helping to redirect conversations towards healthy conflict versus unhealthy conflict.
0: I agree. Um, wow, man, we, we ran through that really quickly. That was good. We really do agree 100% on this topic, don't we?
1: Yeah, and you know what, it just, the biggest thing that jumps out for me is, is how do we create the space for these conversations? Um, and, you know, whether or not it's like you said, that early morning um, block sign that says it's an open clinic, or, or whatever you want to call it, have some fun with it, uh, saying that, you know what, what I, uh, uh, what I find is we're not having enough time just to connect. So I'm open, just to pick a brain, Um uh, ask a question, whatever, in, in any of those tankerings. Declaring it uh, is so powerful. And to your point, um, others listening in, sometimes that's where you learn the most because I might not have the courage to ask the question, but I know that someone's going to ask the question. And I can get that from it. And then maybe even where applicable, um, uh, t- tape some of them or have them available. So if there's some learnings that are there or a summary of, hey, c- key insights from the clinic, you know, or something like that. There's all kinds of ways that you can be creative in creating the space for the conversations, but recognize that when things get stressed, this is one of those first things that goes because I just don't have time to have those safe spaces that people can bring ideas and thoughts or questions to the table. And it is the, you know, Covey talks about the big rocks. These are the most important things you need to put in first. This is one of those things. Creating uh, places for conversations that aren't structured, that are more open, that just really have a chance to
0: deepen relationship and accelerate ideas. And even in the remote environment, you can do this, right? And just say, hey, listen, I'm going to have an open time for 40 minutes. I'm going to, you know, this is the Zoom or the Teams link or whatever you're doing. And uh, I'm going to be drinking, sitting here drinking a coffee. And so, you know, chime in at any time. Talk to me on Slack, text, whatever you're using. And uh, you can just have this thing and people are, you know, the understanding that, you know, there could be more people listening than, you know, just you, but uh, I I think it's very doable even in the remote time. So, but I I really like this subject and uh, I've always appreciated it. It wasn't like I cracked the code on this. It was just the environment that I found myself in and in policing where, you know, you were rarely all in the same room, maybe for 20 minutes at the beginning of a shift, but that was it. And uh, even when, you know, in the investigative offices and in the special squads and stuff, you were always out in the road doing things, and you didn't always have the opportunities to have these one-hour meetings or two-hour meetings that you had to communicate, and a lot of that was done informally. And I, I, I've always appreciated it, and when I kind of moved more into corporate, uh, into a more corporate environment... Uh, I sometimes struggle with the the formal meetings. And you and I have discussed my aversion to long, long meetings that don't get anywhere. I love meetings where we get somewhere for sure. But uh, I think this is something that you have to take advantage of when it happens. You have to look for it. You have to be deliberate. You have to build some muscle memory. And even with us being remote, you can still do these types of things. You just have to be a little bit more deliberate. Yeah, the
1: only uh, watch out that I would say is When you do have these things remote, if you're committing to the space and to be present, shut your stuff down once it's started. You know, if no one's on, that's fine. Continue to work. But as soon as someone enters the room, shut your other stuff down because it's easy when you're remote to multitask. And then you're not really present, and so it just falls apart. Uh, um, it doesn't get the same impact and opportunity that you're trying to create. So that would be the only thing that I know. It's tricky for me because my mind wanders, and I get excited about doing stuff again and again. So it's like shutting down.
0: Um, but it's so easy, right? It's so easy. You're just sitting there. Like you can be. You can be playing. You know. You have. You know. Know slack or something on your other screen while people are talking you got your phone in your hand it is so easy and we become so good at it right we do we
1: do we do we almost get pride we have pride at multitasking and knocking things off but they're never as good and then when relationship suffers it there's such a longer term impact with that so
0: that's cool that's cool Uh, listen, uh, we hope some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry, but Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, just
1: we always end our podcast with a great insight from a coach that I had early on. And now I try to include in my coaching sessions is this idea of, uh, we hope the best sessions, we hope have a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn, a little bit of, uh, of excitement and a little bit of peeve and what that means is that we, you know, you're joyful and you're excited when you're actually on track. You're doing things that that are uh, going to help you create the best environments and lead as a manager. And then churn or peeve is when you know you kind of something we said maybe sticks with you that maybe you're not doing as well or maybe you might at first disagree with. And we just suggest in both of those situations dive a little bit deeper, think about it, learn from it, and then apply where applicable. And uh, those are great things. So we do hope that there is a little bit of joy and we hope that maybe there's a little bit of churn as well because those are often just as powerful as the joy.
0: They're both good. They're both good. So uh, remember, people matter. Take all the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.